Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet that dares talk about things like Star Wars, Marvel, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, dragons, space lasers, all that kind of stuff. I don't know why anyone else has done it. We're the only one who have thought of it so far. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net, here with Mia Johnson, editor of DorksideOfTheForce.com, and a special guest who will introduce himself now. Hey, uh, Ezra Kirk here from An Unexpected Podcast. Happy to be here, and thanks for the invite. Of course. Yeah, Ezra, so you run the unexpected podcast Talkin' Tolkien. And obviously, there's a lot of crossover. Uh, Our fans are big into, I mean, we're big into, I just listed all that crap, didn't I? Uh, You know, fantasy, sci-fi, all that nonsense. And obviously, there's a lot going on in the Lord of the Rings space these days between the Hobbit films wrapping up a bit ago and now a new giant 500 to one billion dollar amazon television show coming round the bend i guess i'll start with like ezra um why why a tolkien podcast and how long has it been around yeah that, that's a great question um i was telling you before we started i it actually the podcast started around i think late 2017 uh my buddy lane uh who couldn't be here he's taking care of his daughter today when he uh wanted to wanted to say hello to everybody and i was actually hoping he he would be here so he could literally take the black and you know recite the vow night gathers and now my watch begins i was hoping we'd have to run him through that but that's all right uh (laughs) but we started it in uh 2017 and we've always i guess going back to like uh we went to high school together uh middle school actually and we would always talk about lord of the rings and i used to run a star wars podcast uh that he listened to back in the day 2014 around the time disney you know acquired star wars and he listened to it and we were in his kitchen one time. He was like, we, we heard about the news for the show. And right. he said, wouldn't it be cool if we just, we got back into, it had been years since we got back into, you know, reading the books and just even watching the movies and talking about it. So he was like, let's, right. let's find something that we can just sit down and do. And it really just started off with us sitting across from the table, two guys talking about uh, Tolkien. And it was, it was, as far as we knew, there was just show news. We didn't really think a whole lot of people would come listen to the reread or, or what have you. But uh, it was kind of a dormant fandom for a little bit. And now with Amazon, it's it's uh, it's like roaring back. So, yeah, it's that's uh, yeah, 2017 kind of kind of when it started uh, for for he and I. And we just love it. We, we enjoy Middle Earth. Yeah, I, I was saying you told me that before, like 2017, it feels like way shorter than we heard about this new giant show. But um. 
I, I guess it's just I, I suppose it's only recently started to like really pick up steam mm-hmm. and really gotten going. And there's like people who are cast and there's people who are shooting on location and we're getting like story just about the second age and everything. Um, when you look forward to what do you a Lord of the Rings major fan and i was too by the way back in high school totally i read lord of the rings hobbit i mean i think a lot of folk of like a certain age did and then saw the movies and just kind of hit at the right time and all that stuff what do you mia how about you mia like how how old were you nine when the movies came out uh what was it like 2002 one one two three ish Yep. Six, seven, eight. <laughs> That's yeah. offensive, and I will hear no more of it. <laughs> See my way out. <laughs> yes. Um, I, 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 I love being old enough that I don't want to say how old I am. Anyway, um, what do you, a big Lord of the Rings fan, want out of a giant, splashy, like, epic Amazon TV show? Yeah, I don't... This is, this is really interesting, because, like, the Second Age stuff is so vague and i was even looking today before we started this to try to track down like like where do you go to find Ooh. the like second age stuff and it's it's in a uh, bit of it's in the unfinished tales you have a bit at the end of the silmarillion but like there's just not a mm-hmm. whole lot there um there's more in the first age there's more stories and stuff so it's kind of uh but they've kept it secret they've kept it safe you know it's not something we we know a whole lot about uh there's little tiny tidbits that come out on instagram and twitter so I, I don't know, really, I, I want it to feel like the movies were so epic. Uh, they, totally. they were so good. I even like the Hobbit movies. I know those get a little bit of flack, but I, right. I enjoyed those quite a bit. And for me, I just want that same kind of feel, I guess. Um, sure. Like, I don't know, we, we feel like like a Hobbit. And Lane and I, we always say that we're kind of, um, the podcast takes place in the Shire. We're just Hobbits. <laughs> you know, we're not gatekeepers. We don't know much about it. We're just fans who enjoy it. And we love to read it and talk about right, it. Right, right. Um, but I feel like you need, we, we, we were having a discussion the other day. We don't really know what are the Hobbit like characters that you're going to connect with and feel hmm. grounded to in a second age. And so, uh, it's, it's really interesting to kind of think about what they're going to do. Is it going to be elves that we kind of get behind? Are we going to follow them more or Numenorians uh, and men? I just hope it's epic. I, it's good. It's going to be because of the budget. You oh, see yeah. the budget. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, and it's going to bring such a big audience and people are going to be back into it. And the main thing, I guess I hope that it inspires people to like a new generation to go pick these these books up and to read them again, because when the films did come out, a lot of people uh, my age, uh, older and younger, went and said, what, mm-hmm. what is this movie? And, and you went and picked it back up and then you had your your father or your mother telling you about it and you're back in it and reading it. So I'm kind of hoping it does it does that again uh, for a new generation. So. I can easily believe that. Yeah. I mean, um, well, if it's good, because I, I will say like, so on this podcast, I'm kind of um, the resident uh, grumpy curmudgeon. So yeah, there we go. That's a much better word. Yeah. So uh-huh. to me, like the, the, the giant Amazon Lord of the Rings show is, is sort of a product of this sort of post Game of Thrones period where Game of Thrones was this huge giant hit, right? Like, and we're, yeah. we're a Game of Thrones podcast. Yep. And just kind of did things on TV you 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 couldn't do before. And Jeff Bezos famously said, like, basically, bring me a Game of Thrones, like, which is kind of where something like this is born. I, I mm-hmm. do think that, you know, that, that they want that big uh, water cooler, epic, beautiful fan show that you can all talk about and you can all just get 
into and they want all the theories on Reddit and they want all the discussion and they want all the Twitter discourse and they want it all. And um, but we really haven't, I mean, seen like this big a swing uh, any time. And of course, I, I, I want it to be a complete home run and go out of like Fenway Park and like go back around the world and come back to the other side. But um, it's also a big risk, which is exciting yeah. because, you know, you, you, you they're spending a billion dollars on um, something that they need to be a giant success to like recoup anything. If it's anything less than a monstrous success, it's kind yeah. of like failed economically, which I find really interesting. <laughs> and yeah. but yeah. but I, I appreciate the uh, the risk. And yeah. I and I'm I'm very glad you're around to remind me that it, it should be about the, the the wonder of fantasy and reading the books, not about cold well, cover calculation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And but I, I'm also a little a little bit nervous. Like there for a while, you go without any show news. Like mm-hmm. it's in New Zealand, so they're keeping it top secret. Um, we've just got the the casting images and things. And and some of the criticism out there is that these uh, showrunners, Payne and McKay, are mm-hmm. younger, kind of green and you know, like, I don't know. I, th- I think people are also, people pay a lot of attention to the showrunners now, especially since Dan and Dave sure. season eight, the whole thing, you know, like that's it. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones was huge. And so people are looking like who's in charge of this and saying, what have they done before? And I think it's got some people a little bit nervous, but I, I, sure. I, the vibe that Lane and I get from them is that they're super, super fans. They're super passionate about it. Um, what makes me nervous is like, it's a, a second age where in which there's like 2000, 3000 years worth of where do you bounce around? Which stories do you have, yeah, like hone in? I have <laughs> no idea what, how you're going to do that. That that's, that's uh, crazy. So I don't know, but I'm hopeful that it's going to be a success. And I just think going back to New Zealand and having the, the studio and, and right, having right, some right. familiar people around it, I think that'll be really good for it. And I'm glad they threw the budget that they did at it because I think if they would have underdone it, I don't know. It, people expect so much with Lord of the Rings because of the movies what Peter Jackson mm-hmm. did that if it doesn't come close to that, it is going to get some some criticism. So <laughs> I, I, I think they probably could have come close to it without spending a billion. But um, I don't yeah. know. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Mia, like as like a uh, uh, a non Lord of the Rings super fan. Are you looking forward to this? Like, are, are you all down to go to Middle Earth and mix it up with hobbits, elves, dwarves at all? Oh, possibly. I think it's the name recognition <laughs> that kind of, I won't say that I hate Lord of, I, I would say out of like the fantasy spectrum, like of course Game of Thrones is up there. And I would say Lord of the Rings is kind of up there for me. Oh yeah. As a more casual viewer. Um, I ended up watching it around like the 2012, I talked to you about my Tumblr phase. That was kind of like when I really got into like all these fandoms and, you know, good times, some good of the times. stuff that that included was the Lord of the Rings. So I did watch the movies. I got I got really excited about them, actually. And at, um, I think it was because The Hobbit was coming out, too. And I was like, oh, well, I like the actors in that. And I like Elijah Wood in this. So I think what will be hard for me and maybe for book readers, not so much, is that I got like attached to, you know, like Ian McKellen as Gandalf and like I said, Elijah Wood. And, sure. Yeah, you know, even yeah. Martin Freeman um, as Bilbo. So <laughs> I'm kind of attached to that world. But I think Amazon has what it takes to like they've done great stuff like with 
the boys and you know if it's something they like have, miss yeah. mazel or, and stuff like so they have not failed Invincible's yet pretty good. <laughs> to my knowledge yeah and invincible so i think that they have what it takes to pull it off and maybe add a little bit more game of thrones-esque drama into that too and yeah um some great comments here by the way and we'll get to them yeah. in, in a second i promise you guys although i did want to ask you ezra because mia yeah. you brought up the game of thrones s stuff did you hear i'm sure you have um the reports that they're thinking of adding like some some like spicy nudity and stuff into <laughs> yeah. the lord of the ring show which which again <laughs> yes. feels like a sort of uh well it worked for game of thrones right yeah <laughs> yeah i know and yeah, the crazy thing is when all this um the, the, the news was coming out and i i'm a big game of thrones fan as well and followed all of the drama with season eight and all that craziness um so you had i think it was brian cogman was like a mm-hmm. show consultant for both i mean he went over to lord of the rings and early on yeah. was talking to Payne and mckay and and just early on like how do you set up a big epic like this i don't think it was mm-hmm. any major consulting but there was so much of this comparison to game of thrones that I think people have in their mind, like, oh, they're going to go for some shock factor, some some nudity, you know, things like that. And I don't know. I, I the big rumor out there was like they they hired an intimacy coordinator, and Lane and I talked about right. the idea that uh, you know, don't we all need an intimacy coordinator? Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it's just it was like I don't know what that means. You know, is that just like a romantic uh, relationship, or uh, is are we actually doing nudity on? in this and and i think i just don't know that there's tolkien has never felt like a place where you needed that kind of stuff or no it's it belonged, a very so. chaste sort of story <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so I, i'm nervous if they do that i mean i hope hopefully if they there has to be a reason or some context for them to do that and we have to really understand i mean if it's just thrown in there for uh clicks and views <laughs> then i think that's 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 bad on Amazon. I don't. I, don't, I hope they they don't do that because Lord of the Rings comes with such. I mean, all the book sales and all the history and the Tolkien estate. Mm-hmm. It has just years and years and years of like this fandom is huge. Even if it's a, a little bit you know dormant here and there, it has its you know spurts, comes and goes. It, you're gonna have a ton of people come watch it just because of Lord of the Rings, the name. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't think you got it. I don't think you have to do that other stuff. And I hope they don't. But. <laughs> Yeah. You don't. Uh, yeah, I agree with you that, that of course they don't have to. I, I just worry that Hollywood is kind of reactive by nature and they're very much yeah. like, well, this last thing was big. Let's do what that thing did. And they might yeah. like throw it. But then again, like a show is not a a sprint, it's a marathon and you like change things as you go and finesse things and all that. Yeah. I'll give some comments here because some of them are good stuff. As Wex is a secret tar- as Wex is a secret targ says an intimacy coordinator, my career girls just got updated. Oh, Wex, you, you, you wacky <laughs> rapscallion. <laughs> I mean, that job is pretty interesting. Like, it, it, it's a pretty new job that I remember. Uh, I, I forget where it started. I, I believe it was on an HBO show. Like, um, I forgot. But yeah, it is for sex scenes. It's for okay. what I understand. It's that they're yeah. there to make sure everyone is comfortable and make sure no one's asked to do something they don't want to do. And it's it, it's becoming like industry standard, which is pretty cool. But I agree with you. Yeah. It does seem like there's just no fantasy story more sort of it's not a bad thing but lord of the rings is kind of sexless there just isn't a whole lot of like carnal uh (laughs) dimension to it It, 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 it's just not something ever had and that's fine right right yeah that's that's why i kind of like like yeah i know you guys cover wheel of time and and other things like that like if you're amazon and you want to do something with that show or, or whatever i mean 
like go for it. But I, this is just, it's so vague or if it's, if it's mentioned, it's just teased and it's like G rated, like the hobbits took a bath together or something, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, uh, so I don't know for like fan fiction, just here for that. Like Sam and Frodo right. give him lots of fan fiction. That's, right. that's yeah. fine. Um, as Wex says, it's not a song of fire talk, but I, I can take the fantasy fix. Yeah. Wex, not a ton of song of fire news. Game of Thrones news this week, but we, tr- what we try to please. Mr. Cole says, I'm the cynical show critic in my family. You and me, Nicole. It's good to have high standards because there's a lot of content out there nowadays and not a lot of it is quality. Very true. We're flooded with content, mm-hmm. but what to watch? That's what we listen to us for. My expectations for anything Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones is set very high, nice. which I agree. There are high, high standards. But before we move on, I, I will say it feels like the post Game of Thrones kind of fantasy boom is going pretty well. Like you got like The Witcher and you got Shadow and Bone and like and you got these shows that are finding audiences. So I have no doubt that when Lord of the Rings comes, it will find an audience and um, whether it can go like whatever the distance is for this particular show. Like you said, we're not really sure when it's set, how much it covers. Um, that'll be determined, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to find out. Yeah. Uh, real quick, just I wanted to mention too, like the the idea of um, you said the Game of Thrones boom, like the whole. St- have you guys talked a lot about like the streaming kind of wars between like oh, yeah. Amazon, Netflix? It's just it's why it's it's great because we're getting stuff, but you do hope uh-huh. that the quality stays high um, yeah. and that we're able to oversaturate things and and just go wow. That's why I've actually been happy with with like Marvel and Disney. I mean, there's been some some I think pretty good interesting stuff in their in their TV series. Um, especially with, with with Star Wars, but yeah, I'm hoping that they. I'm I'm actually glad that Amazon has taken their time with Lord of the Rings, and we don't know much about Real it. Time. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that too. Yeah, sorry. Um, and oh, so no, yeah, it's, it's it, uh, it. I think that I think it's good. I think you know, uh, take yeah. your time, good quality, and and we'll we'll be happy. We want a good show, so. Yeah. It is kind of cool. I thought we're going to move on, but like it is kind of cool that they're that the Amazon's doing both Lord of the Rings and Wheel of Time. Like they they want to have two giant <laughs> epic fantasy series on at the same yeah. time. Like again, reach for the stars. Why not? Well, when, when we'll see how it goes. Uh, speaking of uh, Marvel doing really well uh, today, marked the premiere of Loki, the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe series on Disney Plus, following up on WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The third, and I think we've all watched the premiere episode. Um, I'll, I'll just kick it off and see what you guys think. Um, I I really really liked it. I I I liked how confident it was. Like I loved the scenes that were just Tom Hiddleston's Loki and Owen Wilson's Mobius M. Mobius sitting in a room talking for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> And, and there's like this conventional wisdom in like any kind of show that like you got to get to the action bit. You got to get to the next thing. And just like they just sort of chatted about Loki's feelings and the way this time bureaucracy works and uh, some expedition stuff. And there's a DB thing in the middle there. And it had the confidence to just kind of let them do it. And I thought it was really, really interesting. And, and their chemistry is great. Yeah. Um, well, I can already say this. I was. I told you all. I was really, really looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. My favorite Marvel character. Uh, <laughs> like really? favorite actors. Um, oh yeah. So uh, I was super looking forward to this, and I was not disappointed. And it's kind of weird because I I wrote up an uh, impression for you on Winter is Coming, and That's I was true. like, you know, this is everything you could want. It promises everything you want, and then it made me think. I was like, what do you want from a Marvel series? And it's kind of like. 
Well, I don't know because this is new territory, at least for Marvel Studios. Yeah, we've had Shield, Agents of Shield, you know, Daredevil, and all those things. But this whole wave of Disney Plus TV shows just feels so much more ambitious. Um, I actually, Variety posted like this really long interview with like all the leads of the Marvel Studios TV shows. Um, And it was quite funny that Anthony Mackie, when he was approached by like Kevin Feige to do Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he said that he was like shocked and a little bit kind of like disappointed that they would want him to do a television show because he was like thinking it's going to be like 60s Batman or something. And he's like, wow, you guys want me to do something like that? That hurts. And, you know, what if it like you. fails? And but, you know, we've all kind of seen now that it is just so much bigger than that. So with Loki being the third one, it's just so fairly consistent but at the same time, its own different genre. You know, I'm just, I'm a little over the hills and <laughs> I'm like, oh, only six episodes. I could, I could just watch this over and over and over and over. <laughs> How about you, Ezra? What were your impressions yeah. of the first episode? By the way, yeah. is, there, is there a title for it? I don't even know. Yes, I think it was yeah. Glorious Purpose. I just saw it yesterday. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah, I, I honestly, so I uh, I watched WandaVision and um, awesome. most of, of the um, Witcher Soldier. I didn't Falcon finish all of that. Yeah. Um, but this this was awesome. I absolutely yeah, loved it. I I love that they, um, things feel connected, you know, with mm-hmm. like the like the timekeepers and keeping this one timeline and the variants and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it instantly made someone like me go look up like, who, what are all these Easter eggs? What are all of these uh, <laughs> yeah. individuals who who I don't know about that are in the comic books buried somewhere? The fact that they're kind of pulling on some of that and trying to to connect and maybe build us towards a a larger villain, I think is just awesome. It's awesome storytelling. And then just to kind of watch Loki be in a place where he's powerless. And it was. Have <laughs> yeah, you guys seen? Fun. Um, what is it? Is uh the Umbrella Academy? Have you seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. It, I felt like I was watching the 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 what are they called the time variants uh police or whatever they are you know mm-hmm. uh they felt like something out of the umbrella academy where you went there and they were checking various points in time to make sure that they stayed uh the way they should and so i thought it was really cool it had me locked in and had me searching stuff afterwards so i thought it was great i think it's a great comparison it totally reminds me of the umbrella academy yeah. and they're like uh i think what they're called in there yeah the whole time go back police they have things. there I mean, it's really impressive the, the, the way that Marvel is kind of expanding without tripping over itself and the way it keeps getting bigger and bigger and, and doesn't collapse in. And like time travel is almost playing with fire because like that is infamously hard to do right. And it always makes like contradictions and paradoxes. And, and there are even contradictions for, like, you know, I don't remember exactly like an end game. They went through an alternate dimension or something to get to the past. But now there's a sacred timeline. But I don't even care because they're doing a good job of laying it out in the way that I kind of get mm-hmm. and anchored by that really, really fun chemistry between Owen Wilson and which I think is the best. I thought Owen Wilson was great in the role, by the way. Yeah. Of, I'm not familiar yeah. with the character. I'm sure he's in the comics or something. But like, yeah. I love kind of his sort of laid back two bowls in sort of energy, just like very kind of contrasting with Tom Hiddleston's Loki sort of over the top like mania talking about glorious purpose and wanting to escape all time like really really good uh, point counterpoint mm-hmm. so I I find myself really liking him in particular and I can see I'm not sure if it was just because just because of the novelty of someone being like having a new character being in a big important role 
or if he's just that good. But I thought it matched really, really well with Hiddleston. So if, if that's like the base unit of what we're getting with this show, that's a great way to like pull me in and ground me so it doesn't float away on the wackiness of its concept stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, kind of as you were talking about earlier, was the whole like kind of uncracking this Loki character. And I really liked his progression that by the time we got to, you know, the whole Taika Waititi Ragnarok and then kind of the end game where he had this huge character arc that probably none of us were expecting and you know he came close with Thor and you know accepted his father and all these things and it was like we backtracked back to the you know Mm -hmm. Avengers first Avengers him I was like how are they going to pull that off you know to he had this grand arc and now he's kind of back to square one and it kind of felt like they, they it was like the crash course of okay let's you know kind of you, we got to find a way to crack him open. We got to find a way to kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say get him back to the spot where he was. Um, but I think the point I'm trying to make is I just like the fact that they did have this character exploration, which is something that they've been doing with, I would say, all of the other Marvel ones, right? We had that emotional episode in WandaVision where, you know, we oh, yeah. went back in time and kind of looked at how she met Vision oh, and how she one. had this tragic life and... You know, Falcon and Winter Soldier is like, Bucky is in therapy and Sam has like a sister and he's got to take care of his family and all that. So that's what I like about these Marvel shows that we actually get to sit down with these characters, explore them a little more broadly. I was like, this stuff only happens in fan fiction. Like you only have that much time to, you know, for characters to talk about themselves when you're making it up in your head. (laughs) So I was just kind of happy to see that play out on screen. I was like, wow, this is amazing. By the way, um, I did Google Loki fan fiction to see what was there, but it's not really helpful because there are there. already 55,000 articles. So No, there's nothing there. I think there nothing about the show specifically yet, <laughs> um, but maybe that'll come in time. Any other thoughts, Ezra, about well, the first episode of Loki or beyond? Yeah, just as Mia was saying, I thought, I thought it was kind of cool that he actually literally sits down and he has this moment where you get to see him struggle, you know, and mm-hmm. we actually care care about loki a little bit and mm-hmm. what's what's he going through it's like what it, it was just cool to see like that, that insight because he always has this big facade up you know he's this um raggedocious type of character walking around which is awesome which is funny and fits <laughs> with the other avengers but this is all about him and i was wondering yeah what why would i care about loki and what why am i going to be uh what role could he play you know in all of this and i'm sold i mean he's like the whole bit i don't know if we you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a there's a part where right at the end of the episode, I mean, something pretty major happens and he's a part of, you know, working for this unit possibly. And it's just it just looks sick. And I was like anticipating, hoping there was another like you know episode coming out, like they're going to do like a double drop or something and right. I, I'd get it. But I'm just I'm pumped for it. I think they they got me bought into Loki and I didn't think they could do it. So that's <laughs> that's good. I will say that. Mia, you and I have watched the second episode because we're now on the on the screener list. But um, sorry, do, do, do you have any theories, Ezra, about uh who the who the killer is? I don't. I I don't know. So I went and looked up like Easter eggs and people talking about like another big bad that could be coming. Just people were breaking down, and this is what I love about this. You of can course, go look at the yeah. posters, <laughs> yeah. and see like uh like the infinity sign, and they're making uh, connections to Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And I didn't actually know all of these villains to try to piece this together and see who it is we're we're actually trying to track down. Like the bubble gum apparently might be a a, a clue of some kind that the girl was uh, given. Oh right, and, right, right, 
yeah, the in the first one. Yeah. yeah. So I really, I honestly am, am totally stumped. I, I looked up a name beforehand. It was like, let me, hope it's okay to say this. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see. Maybe it's a theory. Yeah. Kang the Conqueror is someone oh, who yeah. is like in the comics and it's someone who's a part of that whole timeline variant type of um, mischievous, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, that's just, that's just people, that's different blogs and stuff, throwing out theories and stuff after the first episode. And so I was like, wow. And it just had me locked in saying, okay, who is that character? Let me, let me go read about them and then go back and try to see if I could find any other clues. Cause I, I kind of like that. So I have no clue. I hope he's just on that is some big bad villain that uh, they, he has to kind of track down uh, or that we're building towards another big villain in, in some way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. God, yeah. D- 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 that means this is perfect. This is exactly what Disney wants. They want everybody just <laughs> on there and looking up stuff. I mean, yeah, they've had huge success. They've been just killing it so far with this stuff. So, yeah, the best to that giant corporation. I hope they just do splendidly. Yeah. All right, Ezra, uh, <laughs> before you sign off, do you want to tell us where we can find you and your podcast on the internet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me personally on on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, it's at Womprat underscore 2M. So a little Star Wars reference there. You know, Luke used to bullseye Womp Rats with, you know, his T-16 back home. And they're no bigger than two meters. So uh, and then also <laughs> our podcast, uh, Lane and I run an unexpected podcast, Talking Tolkien. And that is, I think it's at up talking Tolkien on Twitter and on Instagram. So you guys can find us there with all the links to the podcast. So. Us, yeah. I mean, come back anytime. Cause obviously there's a lot of cross promotion between <laughs> not promotion cross breeding. I don't know, whatever pollination. There we yeah. go. Between Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, fantasy, sci-fi, all that crap. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing you around Wick again. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And, um, best of lane. And there he's gone. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on. Ezra. Um, talking Tolkien, an unexpected podcast, Talking Tolkien. I mean, yeah, he is right. Like, Lord of the Rings is coming up in the world and um, mm-hmm. might as well get on the wagon now. But you know what else is coming up in the world, Mia? Um, another series that I personally am at. Okay, this is the first time we've seen it. I'm very, very excited about this because I love The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. I, I'm not like a huge comics reader. I read like some of like the big ones. This, I, oh my God, it was so good. And Netflix <laughs> is making a new series about it. And Netflix is having this thing called Geeked Week right now, where mm-hmm. they are revealing things about Stranger Things and uh, The Witcher maybe later and all their kind of nerdier series. And they released a teaser for their adaptation of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, which has been around for a while. I, it it has a reputation, I, but it, it's not like huge in the way that a Star Wars Lord of the Rings is huge. But if, if you're watching out there and you haven't heard of it or you only heard of it in passing, I recommend getting into it because it's an amazing story and this show could be the show of the century. Why don't mm-hmm. we watch a little teaser right now? Sandman is the story of the place that we go when we close our eyes at night, and it's called The Dreaming. And The Dreaming is ruled by Morpheus. For 32 years, anybody who read Sandman read the comics. That world is ending. I'm here at Shepperton Studios, and I'm getting to see what happens when you bring dreams to life. I'm someone who is an obsessive Sandman fan. 
it's an awesome responsibility because it's something that is so beloved. I read the Sandman graphic novels, so I knew that I simply had to be involved in this project because something truly unique was going to happen. The sets are vast. Great amount of detail and care has been put into how it's being brought to life. Holy shit. This is amazing. We're in the Undercroft. Our art department, our set decorators, our production designers, they are wizards. They are absolute magicians. And to see what they've conjured here, it's like walking around inside your own dream. This is Sandman being made for people who love Sandman by people who love Sandman. And I cannot wait until people see this. All right. So Mia, as someone, I'm going to guess you're not familiar with Sandman. Are you familiar with Sandman? No, I'm I'm barely familiar with anything, but I know it's really, really <laughs> beloved. <laughs> I know that much. All right. Well, then, as someone who isn't really who is familiar with it, what do you think of that? Like, what does that teaser say to you? Um, a couple of things. Number one, Gwendolyn Christie. Love Gwendolyn that. Christie um, can't go wrong as, yeah. as Lucifer, the Lord of Hell. <laughs> oh, that's who she said. Yeah, I was like, she said Lucifer. I was like, that's her. Is that her? Oh character? yeah, it's Lucifer. She she is the oh. ruler of hell with two other people. Ooh, I'm loving that. But yeah, I. And, oh, but sorry, FYI. Technically, it's the same Lucifer that's in the Netflix show Lucifer because the ne- the Netflix Lucifer show is a Sandman spinoff. Technically, only they just skipped Ooh. right to his part of it, <laughs> and then decided <laughs> to make him like blown. an LA police detective for some reason. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. But yeah, it looks really, really cool. Um, we were kind of talking behind the scenes about like all the practical effects and how I like how involved it looks like Neil is in this. And he was talking about like, yeah, every, you know, cool. these are, you know, made for the fans by the fans, which when you're dealing with stuff like this, you know, sometimes you don't always get that. You just kind of get whatever Hollywood spits out and says, mm-hmm. you know, this is what you get. So I think if I were a fan of this, I, this to me, looks really, really promising. Would be encouraging, yeah. I agree. Um, I mean, no, again, the 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 reason it can be made by fans and look this good, I I, I do put it up. I do kind of chalk it up to the Game of Thrones effect, where this you know mm-hmm. giant big fancy show had this big success, and now suddenly that kind of thing is a economic reality in the minds of the executives who make these decisions i i I fully think that's what happened like and neil gaiman has said like he defended he he like warded off bad movie versions of this for like 30 (laughs) years this thing is 30 years old this this thing is 89 for decades he did and (laughs) now finally the opportunity like the conditions are right for a mm-hmm. thing like this. And Sandman is, is as far as like um, kind of big fantasy shows or series go, it is a challenging one. Because, yeah. I mean, like, you think that like Loki and WandaVision are kind of like looping out there? Like, they got nothing on Sandman. Not that it's, it's not <laughs> trying to confuse you, but it's very kind of um, poetically paced and kind of like follows sort of a very nonlinear path. And kind of takes these excursions into, you know, history and the far future and the kind of very internal people's minds sort of thing. 
And I haven't said what it's about. It's about, like, a group of immortal, anthropomorphic personifications of human, of aspects of the human condition. So the main <laughs> character is Dream, who is, like, literally the representation of Dreams. He's played by, uh, I forget his name, but the guy who looked like Neil Gaiman, but younger and, um hotter it's tom guy yes tom stewart there <laughs> i figured you go. his name was tom i was like he's british and that's all i need to know his name is tom something i'm sure there go, tom. <laughs> and he has siblings who are all also kind of that thing like dream desire destruction mm-hmm. delirium death despair and destiny there we go that's 70s i got them all this all sounds um, vaguely familiar i'm sure a long long time ago i looked up the wikipedia article because like what is this i keep hearing about it what is it so it's it's sounding vaguely vaguely familiar that does work right. i mean i think i've talked about it before too once or twice oh, yeah, yeah. i really did like it and you know and they explore what humanity means together and they and there's like some kind of comedic subplots. There's one with like a serial killer convention that the in the in the teaser kind of hinted that they'll be doing that one. That was a funny one. There's some that are very very personal. A lot like they intersect with myth a lot. And like there's like um Loki's in it actually. Like not the Marvel Loki, but like literally right, yeah. the god Loki is in it and Thor. And I think Odin. I forget if Odin's in it. Um, and they just like pop up Cain and Abel are recurring characters from the Bible. They just hang out in the dreaming and just do stuff, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, it was also way ahead of its time. Like Neil Gaiman made some waves recently because folk were upset that they cast, um, a black actor, Kirby Howell Baptiste as death. Who's like the runaway popular character from the comic anyway. Mm. and non-binary character Mason Alexander Park as Desire. And this this comic was way ahead of its time. Like, trans issues are kind of mm. uh, on, the, on the forefront now. But this yeah. had, like, fully trans and non-binary characters 30 years ago. Like, and it's not, like, coded either. They're, like, they are yeah. trans and non-binary. Oh, like, wow. So, and so, obviously, it's fine to cast a non-binary actor as a non-binary character. In fact, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. So, people are complaining because it's a whole cancel culture thing and blah, 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 blah. But, um... It was, yeah, it, it was ahead of its time when it came out. It's been ahead of its time for a while. I think it's still ahead of its time, but its time has come for an adaptation. And I'm very mm. excited to see what they can do with a story that has as much depth and artistry and interest. So I'm very excited about this, if they can do it right. And now <laughs> is the time to do Yay. it when when the nerds have this kind of power and when all the streaming <laughs> services are trying to outdo each other. So now's the time to do something like this. Loving it. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say briefly, I was wondering, I was like, has this ever been adapted before? Because it comes off as something where like maybe in the late 90s or early 2000s, <laughs> you would have had a really shabby Warner Brothers, you know, version of this. You know, like no Hercules one cared about Legendary it. Journeys, just... <laughs> basic cables, sort <laughs> yeah, of like uh, here, exactly. here's a eight bucks in a shoebox, do what you can. Yeah. <laughs> so good on him for waiting and holding out. And, you know, it's it's hard thing to do. And hey, he found the right time. So good luck to him. I know it should be really, really nice. Some good comments here from Talking Tolkien. Thanks again. So much fun. Frodo lives. Frodo lives. Just FYI, <laughs> fun Lord of the Rings trivia was what people in the 60s would like uh, spray paint on subway tunnels after because Lord of the Rings like <laughs> that was like its first big wave of popularity was the 60s wow. and like it kind of became like a countercultural thing because I spoke a lot of weed in those books and people hippies like weed and <laughs> I'm not kidding and Frodo Liz <laughs> became kind of like a slogan that you like use to signal that 
you're in the know. You're a friend of Frodo. <laughs> that whole thing. Got any weed? That 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 too. Um, as Julie says, wow, set looks amazing. Sounds like Legion on FX. Says Nicole, very trippy and dreamy. And I think this might be Richard talking. Will the DC characters show up? I vaguely remember Constantine a few superheroes made an appearance. That's true. Oh, that's also true because like the Sandman is a DC comic book. Like it's technically part of the DC mm. universe. Technically, it's very its own thing. Also too, but like. At the start, like, yeah, Constantine, the DC superhero, is, like, in it. And there are, like, other kind of brushes against the DC universe. I think, like, Wonder Woman's granddaughter is in it or something. But it's mostly its own thing. <laughs> fascinating. I'm very fascinated. Yeah. Looking forward to that. No release date yet. And there was a lot of other um, news reports, news stories this week about mo- a lot of them about Netflix, other stuff. In fact, there are so many, we don't really have time to cover them all. So I thought we'd try something here. Um, Mia, because there are so many news stories, we just we, we just don't have time to talk about them in depth. Why don't you just like hit me with a bunch yes. and I will try to give my like five second summations and uh, feel free to time me so, so we don't go uh, <laughs> overboard. All right. Our first headline is N.K. Jimminson will adapt her Broken Earth trilogy for Sony. Dan, go. Okay, Broken Earth, huge, three Hugo Awards in a row, very, very popular. They have a fantasy continent where uh, storms wreck everything, and it's going to be really good. It makes everything genius. Okay. <laughs> Indiana Jones 5 begins production. Who cares? He's so old. I just No, that's fine, but just like, Indiana Jones 5, I mean, I feel like it's like, like who, who really wants this? Okay, fine, we're over. <laughs> Netflix renews Shadow and Bone for season two. Of course they did. That show was very popular, found an audience. It was, it was pretty good. Young adult stuff, not my thing, but I'm happy it got renewed, so I hope people are satisfied. All right, Netflix tells Jupiter's Legacy picks up spinoff Super Crooks. I'm shocked that a superhero show actually failed. Like, there are so many, and they're all doing so well. This one, I guess, didn't do well enough. I'm shocked. Oh, Netflix's Cowboy Bebop live-action remake coming this fall with original composer Yoko Kano on board. Okay, weird. Live-action, I mean, Cowboy Bebop, classic 90s anime, really fun, really socially jazzy. I'll probably watch it, but um, I wonder how well it'll do. What We Do in the Shadows, season three premieres on FX on Thursday, September 2nd. I'll give you 10 seconds for this. <laughs> I don't even need it. I'll just want to say it's okay. Yay, 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 hooray, awesome, fantastic. Well, it's a wonderful show. Really, really funny. Love it. I want to watch it right now. All right. The Nevers hires new producer. So I guess they're making more episodes. Wasn't sure if they were because like it, it seemed like to get kind of mixed reviews and mixed ratings. But yeah, I guess they are and I'm happy about it. All right, bonus. We have a photo for this one. Mark and Ruffalo on the set. Oh, 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 oh. And I, you react to this one. Oh, I reacted to this yeah, one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'll give you 10 seconds. You, all right, Mark okay. Ruffalo, Mark on, Ruffalo the set. on the set of um, She Hulk. Yeah, it's really exciting to see Mark Ruffalo back in the saddle. You know, he's got all of his, you can't really see him as the Hulk, um, but it's exciting. I honestly don't know who he's posing with. I should have looked this up beforehand, but it's like a stunt exciting. double, I believe, or something like that. Ooh, fun, fun, fun. Okay. And it's over. And finally, um, what's the last one? Okay, last one. Sophie Turner dyes her hair Sansa Stark red. Yeah, does that mean she's coming back at Sansa? Probably not, but. Um, it makes me think she might. I watch a Sansa Stark series. I'm just saying. Many series on Stark. Let's make it happen. Ding, ding, ding. And we're that done. is our lightning round. Wow. Congratulations. We did so well. Time. <laughs> also, um, the main actress from Anne with an E on Netflix is joining the cast of Stranger Things next season. That was just, that just came yeah, in. They're just doing all these things that. really uh, fast and fast. 
All right. I mean, there's a lot of news. We can't talk about it all. We might as well just um, try to bring it to you as quickly and digestibly as we can. Hope you enjoyed it. Anything else you want to talk about this week, Mia? Uh, no, I think we're good. Like, I think with the Loki, how's, how's I could have just Clone said, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Cl- oh, Bad Batch. Um, It's holding yeah. up. It's it's still, Sorry, yeah. they have Clone some Wars. good stuff here and there, and it's still very enjoyable. So I like what they're doing. And um, yeah, we still got a long way to go with that 16 episodes. Yay. Um, <laughs> and yeah, beyond that, thanks for watching, everybody. You can see us every week right here on the Winners Coming Facebook or YouTube pages at Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, or 5 on the East Coast, and 2 on the West Coast. And also, we are available wherever podcasts are available, like Google Play, iTunes, so on and so forth. Take the black. Go on, rate us five stars, give us a listen, tell your friends. If we had a Patreon, we'd say donate to it, but we don't. So just do those other things. Um... (laughs) Thanks a lot for listening and for watching, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.